0: (laughs) So um, whether you're joining us from the wet coast or further out, you are welcome to be with us this morning. If you know the drill and how we roll, you're welcome here. If you're new, uh, especially to our version of church and community, you're welcome here. Uh, We are just fine whether you want to have your camera on so we can see you or off so that you don't have to get out of bed. And we know some of you are still in bed. Um, We call this gathering the bridge. And my name is Eden, and I am privileged to be a pastor in this faith community. So you have an option today. There's two questions. One is, was there ever a Halloween costume that you wore that you felt really nailed who you are or when do you feel the most authentically you or connected to yourself? So seeing as a real costume was not a thing we did when I was a kid, I'll answer the second question. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to answer it first only so that you can kind of think about what you might like to answer. Um, I feel most authentically me and most connected with myself when i'm comfortable with a plan like um i like to know where i'm going and i know the directions to get there even if the directions require you know some recalculations before arrival but i'm definitely a recipe kind of girl i um i want to know the things in the recipe i'm not going to probably wing it too much so What is it for you? Um, Do you have a Halloween costume that kind of nails it for you? Or what do you feel? When do you feel the most authentically yourself? I'm just trying to see if anybody's put anything. Uh, Myrna's written, I feel most myself when I'm in Albania. And from what I understand, you're going to be there before too long. Um, Sarah, Sarah, Wonder Woman costume, and haha, ha, but not really haha, because ha, it really is pretty amazing that she is a Wonder Woman. Um, Kara says, "I feel most myself in worship or connecting to others one-on-one." I had a pretty awesome pippy long stocking costume where I got to play up my red hair. Yeah, that'd be cool we will um move on to communion now is that right yeah sarah over to you that's right
1: hi so uh this morning we are going to take communion together um and it is a sacred and beautiful thing i think it's the only thing that jesus tells us to do when we're together so all the rest of it can just you know whatever but we're going to take communion together because it's an important thing to do it's a mystery it's beautiful. It's more than we can understand. Uh, and I have just a little bit of liturgy I'm going to read. Uh, and then I'm going to ask us to do something slightly different. So the table of bread is now to be made ready. It's the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It's the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified. It's the table of communion with the earth in which Jesus became incarnate. So come to this table, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who would like to have more, you who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time. You who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed, come. It is Christ who invites you to join us here. Um, I would like to just remove my spotlight. And if you have the ability to switch to gallery view, um, why don't you do that? So you're not just looking at me just so that you can see other people in the room. Um, even if you're just looking at their names because this is the community that comes together this is the community that is made one body by drinking the one bread uh, by drinking from the cup and eating the one bread together so place your hand on your heart and just say to yourself i am invited to this table
2: i am welcome here
1: if you're sharing physical space with others tell them you are invited to this table Jesus invites you here. Even if you're on your own right now, we're in a shared space connected by the mysterious abilities of the internet. And so we're together and we are invited to the table. We are all welcome here. We're not just one church, we're a part of everyone who follows Jesus. And together, Whether we are scattered or in the same place, we are all invited to the table and we are all very welcome. Let's just pray. Loving God, through your goodness, we have this bread and this juice to offer, which has come from the earth and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing of it so that we might know your touch and your presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us here and now this morning, made one in Christ and one with each other. We offer these gifts and with them we offer ourselves a single living act of praise. Blessed are you, Lord of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this bread to set before you, which earth has given. And it becomes for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Take and eat. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this wine to set before you, or juice, or whatever it is fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become for us a cup of salvation. Take and drink. Yours is the seed, Jesus, and yours is the growth. Yours is the water and yours is the thirst. Yours is the wild and yours is the tame. You are within us, God, and within all creation, and you are beyond. Shape us and fill us this day and all creation with your grace. Amen. All right, you might want to switch back to speaker view. And uh, let's just introduce our speaker for today. This is Kara. She is joining us from Abbotsford. She's local to us and has been joining us at the bridge for a couple of months. Um, She's been to our live gatherings, but I don't think you've been on Zoom before. So welcome to the Zoom space and all the people who join us from all around the place and all over the world, which is kind of fun. Um, Kara is a therapist in town and uh, she joined us for a staff meeting to talk through trauma related things and how we deal with trauma how we process and help people through things um and deal with our own uh and it was a, a great morning with her and i'm looking forward to what she's got to share with us this morning so um god i thank you for Karen, and i pray that you would bless her this morning that her words would um be life uh, to us and life to her and uh, that your kingdom would come and your will would be
3: done here today mm. amen mm. Amen. Wow. Thank you so much, um, Eden and Sarah and just the team, uh, for the privilege that it is to be with you this morning. Um, as I was preparing for this message, I was just reflecting on my journey to, to get here. And that includes, you know, my faith journey w- with a kind of deconstruction, reconstruction process. Um, And also my journey of becoming a therapist and just the process of integrating my faith in with what I know of psychology and just um, human beings. And um, yeah, so it's been really cool to kind of put something together and to be able to speak with you this morning. Um, If it's okay, I'm just going to pray again, (laughs) just because it's a really beautiful way to ground ourselves. So I'm going to just do that now for myself and, and also for you. Okay. Lord, thank you just so much for who you are that you know every single one of us. You know every single one of our journeys on how we came to be here this morning. Thank you that you Holy Spirit are already present with us. I pray that you would just bring peace to our minds, to our bodies, to um all the parts of ourselves. Um Parts that we're acquainted with and parts that maybe we're not acquainted with or that we sometimes kind of put away. You see all and you love all. And I just thank you so much that you are with us here this morning. In Jesus name. Amen. Okay, so um, with this talk this morning, um, I really wanted to lean into this theme of peacemaking that that we're on and peacemaking with oneself. Um, and as I was, again, kind of creating this, I was thinking about what that means for me. Um, so as Sarah said, I am a therapist and um, part of my process of, you know, really making peace with myself for, for this talk was really owning, you know, who I am and what I do um, and and what I bring. And so there may be things that I share this morning that just really strongly resonate with you and you know kind of ring true and other things that might not so much and and that's totally okay I think thus far one of my favorite things about the bridge community is just the permission to to show up exactly as you are the celebration that there is a multitude of voices allowed and that there is multitude of perspectives um, encouraged and so um, take what fits and and leave the rest um, so yeah the the fact that i 'm a therapist means i'm i 'm not you know necessarily a theologian or an apologist or a pastor, um, but I am a person of faith that has found a a richer expression of my spirituality just personally. Um, the more I lean into my my own work of of knowing myself better and and more deeply. And as I was thinking about what it means to be a peacemaker, um, we might be familiar with that language from the Beatitudes. Um, and I was thinking about that that language of peace and what that would have meant at the time, um, you know, in, in the Bible. And I came back to that, that original language of, of Hebrew and the word shalom, which has such a deep kind of rich um, definition to it. So shalom is, um, it means peace, it also means harmony, and it means um, wholeness or completeness as well. And I really kind of wanted to lean into that definition today around like wholeness and completeness because it's my belief that true shalom, true wholeness, completeness and peace is only possible when we are deeply connected to ourselves, to others, and to God. Um, I'm just gonna pull up my notes here. Just one moment. Sorry about that. Okay. So, um, yeah, because I'm a therapist, I also did want to pull in um, some pieces or perspectives from um, the theories that I, that I subscribe to. Sorry, I'm still having trouble pulling up my notes here. Okay. Um, so some of the models that I subscribe to as a therapist, and um, I do believe that all truth is God's truth and all wisdom is God's wisdom. And so um, one of the theorists, and um, she, she was a great um, social worker and therapist, her name was Virginia Satir. And um, I pull from her work a lot in, in my practice, and she had this saying of uh, peace within, peace between, and peace among. And I kind of wanted to lean into what that means, um, especially the peace within. So, to me, peace is a state of rightness, of wholeness, of not lacking anything, um, And therefore it's how we were originally created to be. Uh, It's our natural state. And so I do come to today's talk with a bit of an assumption that um, anything that draws us away from that true sense of peace, that true sense of of shalom um, is, is apart from our true nature. So in my journey, I found that the more connected I am to my true self, Um, and to others in an authentic way, the more connected I am to God and vice versa. Um, Making peace with myself or with oneself, I think is accepting one's wholeness and completeness as a created being. Um, You were meant to be human (laughs) and therefore you were meant to have need of God and you're meant to have need of, of others. This is the paradigm for peace, for wholeness and completeness that God created is to be in this deep connection with self others and and our creator. Um, so what pulls us away then from this inner peace? Um, if peace is our natural state, then why do we constantly not live in that place why do we experience things like pain and fear and disconnection and shame and depression um for this i i have to go right back to genesis um in the garden and we have a story there of of adam and eve where god told them not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of of good and evil and In that story, we actually see the first breakdown of the wholeness that God created as soon as there was a choice to eat the fruit or not eat the fruit. um, A decision arose between uh, choosing our true nature that God created in perfect relationship again with God self and others. um, Or to choose another way and. This other way is so familiar to us now that we just call it being human, but really the distrust, the disconnection, the need for protection and separation, the need to cover ourselves um, because of shame are all reflections of what I would call the false self. And the story continues on, has continued on since the garden, Um, anytime we experience a wounding, which can be a trauma um, or a painful experience um, where our needs and our our yearnings have not been met. And therefore we are then pulled away from our creative nature, which was again, to, to have peace, to have this like beautiful experience of what it means to be, to be human and to be together in a, in a garden like um, place with, with God and and with other people. Um, so, you know, I think the job that I get to do as, as a therapist is is pretty cool because I see all healing as a returning to oneself. You know, God is the great healer and the more that we lean into um, who, who he, she, they, however you want to define God um, is, the more we can also come back to ourselves um to To be healing from those wounding experiences is to slough off the layers of armor that we build around ourselves, and it 's in those sweet moments of safety, maybe it 's in a therapy office, maybe it 's with a good friend or a loved one. Um, the sweet moments of safety where we can be truly seen and known. Um, and fully loved exactly as we are, our sacredness comes to life. And we breathe in this deep sigh of relief because we are home, we've come home to ourselves, this place that we were meant to be in, like in the garden. And when we come home to our true selves, we are returning to our intended design, being image bearers of God. And that is an experience of peace. That is an experience of shalom. The wounding experiences that um, the wounding that we experience as we bump up against an imperfect world not only pulls us away from ourselves, but as we interact with the swords and the shields of the armor of others, it further divides us, um, further divides are created between, again, ourselves and and these other um, beautiful humans. we find ourselves with a need for protection so those parts of us that were previously wounded rise up on behalf of us and they say I will never let you get hurt in the same way again those parts become our protectors um, and our protector parts are intended to keep us safe and yet after a while they they build these strong walls and you know as I work with, work with Clients and I work with people from all different backgrounds, you know, armor and and walls are two of the most common metaphors we use. Um, Because, yeah, we build these these barriers that are, yes, protective. You know, I think of a wall kind of around a city. It it's protective from anything any any enemy that might uh, come against you, but it also keeps you really separate and segregated and and alone. So after a while these strong strong walls are what we operate out of and we start to see the world and others as dangerous or untrustworthy um our brothers and sisters are just as sacred um, as you are um and yet we start to see them as an enemy as a threat and perhaps they see us the same way so Again, I want to reiterate, you know, as we start to make peace with ourselves and with our parts, um, to really have this perspective that our parts are not bad. Um, they're only trying to keep you safe, but in order to find peace between and among, right, so the collective, we must first do the work of creating peace within. Um, so how do how do we do that? Um, I think, well, I just wanted to kind of mention um, just for a moment that um, I did sort of pull some of the scaffolding for my talk today from an article that I found um, by a, a therapist and a trainer for the Satir Institute of the Pacific. Her name is Kathleen Mackie-Vanman. She wrote an, art- an article called um, Peace for the New Millennium. And in it, she had this, this quote to say, she said, peace begins with an internal journey. In our externally focused society, we sometimes forget about our internal worlds. And when we do remember, we sometimes let the fear, let fears lead us to ignore or avoid what we experience inside. And I think sometimes as Christians, um, de- depending on you know how we grew up or the, the communities we've been a part of, um, Sometimes we're taught to distrust ourselves um, and our internal worlds. I don't know if you've experienced that, um, but you know maybe we believe that our thoughts and our feelings are a bit irrelevant because they're finite or temporal, or maybe even sinful. And you know, as I was thinking about that, I again went back to the original language, and the word "sin" means. To miss the mark it's it's a a term from archery um, and in in that way, to miss the mark you know if if in fact our target is our true nature and this connection with how God has created us, to miss the mark and therefore anything that is sinful is is in fact to misunderstand our true humanness um to miss yeah to misappropriate or miss to, to miss the mark of who we really are um, so like fire, firing an arrow at a target and missing if the, if that target is our true nature and in perfect communion with god and those around us um, to miss the mark is just to live from the false self and forget who we really are that's that's just my kind of perspective on that, on that um, so a right relationship with God, self, and others is our true nature and is the picture of shalom, then anything apart from that just misses our essence completely. And perhaps we begin to recognize, or sorry, perhaps as we um, begin to recognize and companion those hurts, those wounded parts, um, and tend to our past wounding, we would do so with a sense of like curiosity um, and Yeah, curiosity instead of fear um, for what we find there, because these are just these are just parts that got got hurt along the way. Um, And and maybe we would do so with a sense of grace and permission instead of expectation that we should be something that we're not or all put together already. Um, That we would come to ourselves um, in the pursuit of peace with compassion instead of self judgment or criticism. Um, and you might you might be on that journey right now and you might be finding it difficult because it takes so much to to connect to ourselves, you know, in, in a really real way. I think our lives are so busy and it's so easy to be distracted. And so to find those quiet, safe moments where we can really turn inwards, um, there's so much courage in that. And you might be doing that with with a therapist you might be doing that on your own or again with with a trusted person in your life but i did want to kind of bring in a couple pieces here some ingredients for how we can begin to make peace with our our true selves and the first one is courage um i see this in my clients all the time anytime that they show up and say yes i'm willing to do the hard work it is just it blows me away and um you know There's first sort of a psychological courage that's required to face our own pain, to dismantle our defenses and our images and to transform ourselves with the aid of the Holy Spirit, of course, um, in order to become more fully human. And as we begin to move inwards, becoming acquainted with all of our parts, um, we find ourselves more deeply in touch with that core essence or spiritual center if you want to call it that. I call it the true self Um, and as I've been again integrating this kind of language um, with what I do as a therapist with my understanding of faith I've also come to know that part as the Omega Day or the image of God within us Um, and I think the more that we connect there and connect to our own sacredness, the more we have access to things like love, joy, gratitude, awe, compassion, patience, kindness, and peace. And there's no surprise here that those sound very similar to the gifts of the Holy or the fruits of the Holy Spirit um, as found in Galatians five, because there is this intrinsic connection between God and God's spirit and us, in our spirit. Um, the, the challenge comes in, in staying connected to that place. Um, when we find ourselves again interacting with, with a yet-to-be-redeemed world um, and the false selves of others, um, we might get triggered again, right? Our parts get activated. And when this happens, we must once again find the courage to turn inwards and to begin to transform yet another part of that ill-fitting armor. Um, yeah, those, these constructs of the false self aren't actually resonant with our true nature. When I am with people, again, most of my time is spent with, with my clients, these human beings, um, whether they're they're Christian or non-christian or you know a faith or not a faith, when they connect to that truth it's just there's a resonance there's there's a there's a knowing and I think that is just so beautiful that all of us as human beings no matter where where we come from or where we find ourselves in the world we we can connect to those truths about about who we are as people um, another courage that I wanted to to mention here is just that spiritual courage which is um required to live out of our true self and required to live from that place of love rather than fear you know our false self and our our scared parts um live out of fear so often so it, it really takes i think that connection with with god and um and with ourselves to be able to live from that place of love um to choose to surrender in the very deep place of wisdom where we all, which we all possess to the knowledge that I am truly a sacred being connected to everyone and everything else um, through what Satir would call universal life energy, right? This kind of energy and power that, that flows through, through everything. Um, when I'm living from this place, I begin, I can begin to move away from some of the dualities that we see in the world, um, like us, us and them, good and bad, sinner and saint. um, We can start to, um, instead of seeing the differences between, you know, me and them um, as, as cause for division, I can start to see it as cause for celebration. You know, imagine if separateness and connection could exist simultaneously under the umbrella of, of common humanity, right? Um, It would be so amazing, you know, that we could all come together and instead of being, again, divisive, we could celebrate our differences um, because yeah, we're different in so many ways, but underneath it all, we're so much the same um, as as human beings, no matter where where we come from or what our story is. So courage is, is sort of the first ingredient there. And the second ingredient, I would say, is hope. So hope is the ability to let go of our own will, you know, to shed that false self, to actually trust in God, um, to shed our own need for control and certainty, which is really, really difficult to do, um, and to lean into the truth that God is good. Um, And I think to hope is to make peace with what is. Right, while awaiting what will be. Um, which is also it's also challenging, right? To kind of just slow down enough and to actually be with whatever is going on in your life, whether it is pain and struggle or whether you are, you know, at the top of at the peak of your life, um, to really just kind of be with what is. Um, it's believing that in all things, God works for the good of of those who love him. Um, which is Romans 8.28. Even when we can't make sense of our present circumstances, like I said, um, it's a connection to our expectant heart that looks to our creator with a passion for the possible, awaiting the wholeness of creation. That is hope. Um, We as as people, you know, since Jesus, we are living in this time of the already and the not yet. Jesus has come, but not returned. And the dash between what has come and what will be, or what will come, is is where we're living. You know, I think Paul was talking about who hopes for what's already arrived, right? We kind of hope with this expectant, awaiting heart. Um, And in turning towards my own humanness, I think I can hold both my fallibility and my sacredness, my human frailty, and my intrinsic worthiness. Um, Through the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ, I can have peace that I am enough, just as I am exactly where I am on my journey. You know, it's okay to be in this in-between place. Um, We don't have to beat ourselves up about, you know, not being perfect or not being holy because God knows that we are on a journey. God knows that we are human and that there's a constant work of sanctification. It's an ongoing process. I think God's okay with that, and I think part of our work is is also becoming okay with with that within ourselves um, so that's that's hope you know there's courage there's a need for hope again i don't know if if I can fully lean into either of those without without the help of of the holy spirit um and the third is forgiveness so Forgiveness can be an external process, of course, of repentance and, and possibly repair and reconciliation between a wounded party and the one who has done the wounding. Um, and yet when I'm discussing peace with oneself, forgiveness maybe is, is more of an internal process than an external one. Um, forgiveness is a journey towards accepting, again, what is, including my own feelings, my own experiences, uh, reactions, impacts to what's happened and the repercussions. Um, Forgiveness is a process of healing, which I'd mentioned um, before, and it's a returning to oneself. And forgiveness can be choosing to let go of hurt, anger and pain that you're carrying simply because the burden of carrying it um, has become too much has become too costly for for your soul for your spirit it's okay to put that down just for that reason Um, and and yes that can apply to forgiving the wrongdoing of someone else or it can apply to the need to forgive oneself for our own missteps Um, it's allowing that life energy that i mentioned you know the energy of the true self to empower you towards peace even if the outside world has not or cannot change at this at this present time. And finally, undoubtedly, um, the last ingredient here to peace with oneself is love. Um, I don't know if some of you were part of the Evolving Faith Conference, um, but I I was and um, Michael or Reverend Michael V. Curry um, in his talk said, when we are aligned with God, we are aligned or when we are aligned with love, we are aline- aligned with God, uh, which I just loved. And I would add, you know, therefore, when we're aligned with our true nature, um, we're aligned with God. Love is the energy that flows between ourselves and and our internal parts, right? When we can really kind of love and companion ourselves, um, and yeah, it, it flows between ourselves, or sorry, ourselves and our or internal parts, um, when we can have that relationship with them. And it also moves between us and others um, as we recognize the divine humanness of those around us. And the more I I settle into my humanity, holding both, again, my sacredness and my fallibility, um, the more I can love those who are moral and upright, along with those who are wounded, you know the hardened and the hurtful, and the power to be a peacemaker, both within and without, I believe comes from love um, originating first from our creator um, and then awakening within us their creation and um so there there might be some again pieces here today that that resonated with with your story and I would love to just take an opportunity kind of like Sarah did, you know, in communion where we can just really kind of come, come in. I think communion is such a great reminder of coming back to oneself, you know, that reminder of like, yeah, this is who we are. I think anytime we connect as a church community, that's, that's also what that is, right? It's a directing of my true nature is one that does best when I'm worshiping my creator. And when I'm celebrating with, with others around me. So I'd love to to just provide a brief moment of opportunity if you would like to take it um, to peer inwards. So you may choose to close your eyes or place a hand over your heart or somewhere else that feels like center for you in this moment. And I'll invite you to a
4: breath. And as we take this breath together, I'll invite you to remember your belovedness, to settle into your sacredness, delighted and cherished by your creator. Maybe in this moment you find that difficult, maybe some of your own parts become activated with this message of not enoughness. See if you can offer some curiosity and maybe just a different option than what you've been maybe taught in the past. As you breathe... Coming home to peace within, peace between, peace among, as you are fully seen, fully known, and fully loved. So that's what I have today. Um, Thank you again so much for for listening. Um, I really appreciate this time and opportunity.
0: Thanks so much, Kara. Wow. I, um, I was trying to keep up. I was trying to write notes and I realized, um, I just, I, I couldn't juggle it all fast enough. And I just felt like God said, just put the pen down. You can just listen to the podcast (laughs) and you can catch up with all the notes after. So, um, that was, Um, so encouraging and just life-giving and I just, I appreciate it. I loved the recipe at the end being a recipe girl. Um, that's a really great. And, um, thanks. Um, I'm really glad that we gave you this space this morning. Uh, so let me just close with a benediction. Jesus, we receive the gift of you knowing us and of you loving us and of you caring for us. Help us to love ourselves. You understand our challenges as humans because you came to dwell among us. Bless us today and through this week with the courage and confidence that you will never turn away from us, that you are always for us, and you are always, always with us. Amen.